Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Do you have difficulty trusting some people? How about God? When our trust in humanity wanes, these feelings can impact our faith. Today we're joined by Joan Murray. She's an international Bible teacher as well as an author. Her most recent book is called You Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times. Today on Connections, she'll share her amazing testimony with us and the inspiration behind her new book. We're joined today by Joan Murray. She's the founder and CEO of Joan Murray Ministries, as well as Seeds of Hope Worldwide Missions. She's also an international Bible teacher and an author of numerous books. Tell us a little bit about how you got into ministry. Uh, That's a beautiful question. You know, years ago, I was attending a church and I didn't used to talk a lot. And the lady was going on maternity leave. And so I was always prepared. I always had my mess, my lessons done in the Sunday school class. And so she came to me and she said, while I'm on maternity leave, she said, I have been praying to see who the Lord wanted me to turn the class over to. And the Lord said, you. And I laughed and I said, can't be. I said, I don't even speak. <laughs> and she said, not because you cannot speak, you've chosen not to speak. And so she turned the class over to me. She was gone for three months. When she came back, the class had doubled. And so she decided to leave the class in my hand. And that was the first time that I knew that God had an assignment for me to teach the word. I've always loved the word and always studied the word, but I did not know until that time that that God had an assignment. And from there, wherever he sent me, whatever churches I've been in over the years, he will always open up a door for me to pray. And I do for me to teach the word. And so 18 years ago, he gave me the word to start the ministry. And so the ministries are 15 years old. 15 years in ministry. And I, we're going to talk about your latest book in a little bit this morning. But I was just reading, you have 16 books. How have you written? When did you start writing <laughs> books? And how have you written so many? I started writing books the first year of the ministry. And um, it takes discipline. And so I write all the time. And it's, you know, some of these books have come out of series of studies that I've taught here and around the world. Other books like I Must Pray. Somebody asked me to write a book on prayer and I did not want to. Because in in my book, Winning in the Battles of Life, I had written a a full chapter on prayer. And I was exercising one day and the lady had asked me many, many times. And finally, in frustration, I said to the Lord, do you want me to write a book on prayer? And he said, yes. And I said, well, if you do, what is the title? And he said, I must pray. And so that book, as with all of my books, from the first book to the last book I just wrote, I put my hands on the keyboard and I began to pray. And the Lord said, you're the note taker and I am the writer. And so as a result of that, I'm not struggling to write the books. I'm only taking the notes that he's and the word he's speaking to me. I'm taking notes. And so I don't have writer's block. I'm able to sit at a computer. He drops the scriptures. He drops the stories. And then I just write what he's given to me. That is really interesting. Do you ever struggle with, or did you ever struggle with kind of thinking inside your head? Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is just my brain. It's not God speaking through me. Or you just trusted right from the very beginning and, and let him speak through you. You know, I trust the first book, when I wrote the first book um, and I was done with the book, I was like, wow, 
what made me think I can write a book? What if <laughs> no one wants to read it? <laughs> and so the, the most um, wonderful thing was there were some friends of mine who read the book and I was on a missions field in Honduras and I got started getting information in Texas to say, wow, I couldn't put the book down. And so that made me breathe easy. I was like, okay, well, maybe I do have a gift to do this. But, you know, I have learned over the years to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit because whenever he's speaking and he uses the scriptures and the stories, all of I'm a storyteller. So I tell the stories of the Bible. I break them down to their common denominator. So even a child can pick up a book and understand it. And so I tell the stories of the Bible, but I also weave stories, not only of my life, but stories of people that I've met around the world as we have ministered to really deliver the messages of the Bible. I did a, an interview with some pastors last night and they were talking about, you can trust him and how I put the stories of a Jeremiah Hagar in the book and people can literally put themselves in the places of those stories to know that others struggled in the Bible, even as we are struggling today and how God gave them the victory. Now, speaking of that new book, you can trust him anchoring your hope in God during difficult times. You've said you listen to God. He tells you when to write these books, but what inspired you to do this one? So this book was inspired because all around me, whether I'm here in the U.S. or in other places of the world, so many people are struggling with trusting God. And so do I. I've been serving the Lord for many years, but whenever we hit hard seasons and difficult times, we all struggle with trusting God. Mm-hmm. And so I began to write this book and a month and a half into the book, I was out ministering at a conference. And when I got back to the hotel, my arm started hurting. And my arm was frozen. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor said, were you in an accident? I said, no. And so my arm stayed frozen for about two months. And so I had to set the book aside and I couldn't pick up the book again for eight months. Typically I can write a book in two years. And so I didn't pick up the book again for eight months because I could not write. I could not use my right hand, could not type. And then after I picked up the books, the book eight months later, Um, I finished the book and in November of 2019, I'm in the editing process and I went for just a physical and the doctor said, oh, there's something that looks suspicious. We need you to go and get some MRI. And then we had to do surgery immediately because they thought it was cancerous. And so I'm writing a book on trusting God and I'm in these struggles. Wow. Three days before the surgery, my mother died. Wow. And so it, it was just such a struggle. And so I'm writing a book on trusting God. I remember years ago when I was struggling with trusting God, God told me that there were no formulas for trusting. I simply t- had to make a decision and remember how faithful and trustworthy he had been before. And to know that that same God could be trusted no matter the situations that I, I was facing. And so I, there's so many people that are struggling. And this book The delay of one year caused the book to be released in 2020 when Ah. so many people were struggling with COVID and challenges and stresses and we were counseling and having to encourage people and people were overcome with fear. And so God's timing is perfect, even though sometimes we don't understand what he's doing. Right. So often too, like what's great is 
this book, it came to be not just from a pastor, like a pastoral expert, but you ended up actually having to live its contents out. And, and yeah, so often God will use our experiences in life to minister to other people, whether we're a pastor or not, right? Absolutely. And that is exactly what he did. And so, you know what, years ago, when I started ministering the word, he said, if you're not willing to be transparent with your life or with your struggles, then you will not be impactful in what you're doing. And so in this book, I was able to share the struggles, the struggles, not only health wise, you know, losing my mom. And then one sister is saying to me, you need to stay and take care of your health because my blood pressure was just off the charts. And another sister is saying, come to Jamaica. We really need you there. And so um, the doctor allowed me to travel after six weeks. And when I got there, the Lord gave me the privilege of ministering for her funeral. And so we have to walk out these difficult journeys of trusting God. And then you can trust him. I really not only share personal struggles, but struggles of families and people that I have met around the world who in the midst of devastating, hard things, they continue to believe that God was able to deliver them. And so you hear the struggles, but you also saw the victory throughout this writing in every story, 11 chapters, different people in the Bible, Jeremiah, a Hannah, a Hagar, the woman with the issue of blood, you know, Caleb, all of them, they struggled, but they gained the victory. What I really love, you mentioned Jeremiah, and I bring this up often, one of my favorites is that Jeremiah had such a tough go in ministry, and he wanted to quit several times. But like in chapter 20, he says, every time I say I'm going to quit, though, I just can't help it, God, but speak your message. It's like a fire in my bones bursting out of me. And I want, I want to just be normal and not have a hard life, but I can't help but speak this message. It's so true. And that's probably one of my favorite stories because he had no support system. Mm-hmm. His family members turned away from him. Then God told him not to marry, not to have children, because God warned him that the children of the Israelites were going to die in the street and they were going to be eaten by wild animals. And so mm-hmm. he was protecting Jeremiah from that. And then in the middle of all of his struggles, you just shared the scripture. He said, the word is like fire shut up in my bone. I cannot help but speak the word. Yeah. And so, you know, as you walk through his life and as you saw all the struggles he's, he faced, and then there was a point in, in, the, in the, the book, as I wrote about Jeremiah, when God even told him not to trust his own family members, yeah. that they were lying to him. So this was a man who journeyed alone. He walked alone in his assignment in the earth. And so he's known as a weeping prophet because he struggled so severely. And when the King Josiah died, the the person he depended on when he died, Jeremiah's struggles became so much more severe. And so people did so many things to him, but he continued to anchor his hope in God during the seasons and the crises he was facing. How do we get people to think like that? Because when you're in those difficult times, all you think about is, oh, this is just awful. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anything. How do we get people to realize that God is there and we can trust him? You know, we have to remember that beyond people, God is God. I think sometimes we try to equate God with what people have done in our lives. I actually, on the teaser on the back of the book, I asked the question, how many of you have a hard time trusting people? And how about God? 
Because sometimes we think that because people have failed us, they've let us down, they've abandoned us, they have not kept their word to us that God is the same way. But God is not like people. He is God. He loves us. He knows us. He has a plan for us. He's not the one who brings the troubles to our lives. The enemy does that. But does he use the struggles to develop a deeper, richer, more powerful relationship with him? He certainly does. In my struggles with You Can Trust Him and writing that book and the health challenges that I was facing, I knew that I had a place of refuge. And that place of refuge was in God. So even though he allowed me to walk through that situation, I knew that I was developing a richer, deeper relationship of trusting him. You know, I can tell you in the middle of the night when there's no one to call, even if you're married and you have a spouse and they're right there with you, it's still your journey. And the only one who can walk you through that journey and bring you to a place of peace in the midst of the storm is God, because he understands how you are wired and what to do to get you to that place of victory. And even after years of teaching the word, years of traveling and studying, years of writing books, it was still a journey of me saying, Lord, I trust you more. I trust you more. And so all of us must get to the place where we realize he can be trusted. And unlike man, he will not disappoint us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I been in ministry for 15 years myself. And one of the sad things I see a lot is people walking away from faith because of how they see uh, other Christians behaving, right? And, And you see a lot of people losing faith because of how they watch others behaving, but that's not who we're supposed to be watching. We're supposed to be turning our eyes to Jesus. Yes. The scripture says, follow me as I follow Christ. I am reminded when you just said that one of the last chapters in the book is on John the Baptist. You can trust him on John the Baptist. And I remember from that chapter when John the Baptist was in prison and he knew that he was going to die. He began to question whether Jesus was Messiah. And then he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, was he the Messiah, the one to come? Mm -hmm. Now, this is a man, you know how powerful he was how he shared Christ and how he was completely sold out. That was his whole entire existence. He was a forerunner of Jesus. And here he is in the middle of his struggles. He wondered if Jesus was Messiah, the same thing that we do in the middle of our struggles. We wonder about God's ability and his availability. Is he really with us? So when he sent the disciples to ask Jesus whether he was the one to come, because Jesus did not look the way they thought he was going to look. He Mm -hmm. did not act the way they thought he was going to act. They thought he was going to set up his kingdom on earth. And he was filled with compassion and he wanted people to be saved. So he didn't look like they thought he was. And Jesus, even though he was John the Baptist's cousin, he did not go to the prison to see John. He sent John the word, just like he does with us. When we're in the midst of a struggle, he will send us to the Bible. He will send us a scripture. And so the Lord asked me a question as I wrote that chapter. He said, what happens when your perception of what Jesus is going to do in your life is not what he performs? What do you do? And so we expect him to do things a certain way. And when he doesn't do it the way we think that he's going to do it, Do we continue to believe? Do we continue to hope? Do we continue to trust that he's the same God 
that we've always walked with and served. As you say, when we appear invisible to others, we know that God is always there and he sees us. He is there and we can trust him. We just got to realize that he is there. Truly, truly. And, you know, in that particular chapter, I really shared a, a story of in the first couple of years of the ministry, all the struggles that I was facing. And this lady gave me a word at a, at a conference. And it was such an encouraging word that God is going to use you powerfully around the world. And, you know, at that time when you're in the midst of ministry and you're struggling and nothing is moving, you know, a word like that is, is water for a thirsty soul. And so I had written the first book called In Chosen for Destiny. And I saw her afterwards and she was talking to someone. And so I stood a, a little bit of a distance away so that I would not be a part of their conversation. And the lady that she was speaking to was one of the, her staff. And the lady indicated to her that I was standing there and so that she could speak to me. And the lady never turned around. She never acknowledged me. And so the lady that was talking to her, you could see that she was visibly uncomfortable that this woman was ignoring me. So I stood there a little longer. The lady said to her, someone's waiting for you. That woman never acknowledged me. And so you feel invisible at that time. And so ultimately I walked away from her and I thought, wow, I was absolutely invisible to this woman, even though she just given me a word from the Lord. And even when you know who you are in Christ, when things like that happens, you feel like, wow, do I not have any value to anyone? And God had to remind me at that point that even though you're in the midst of a struggle right now, there's coming a day when I will give you the victory. But it was a lesson for me that no matter where he sends me, whether here or around the world, to make sure that I treat every single person that I met, no matter their vocation in life as valuable because I don't know what that person will ultimately become. Your book, You Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times, is out now. You can get it pretty much everywhere, it looks like. Uh, Tell us how we can keep up with your ministry and your work and what you're doing. You can visit us at joanmurrayministries.org or seedsofhopeworldwidemissions.org. And you can also connect with us if you want to get the books directly from us and for us to sign those books, gemuniquegifts.com. And that's J-E-M-M, uniquegifts.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, a real pleasure. Thank you guys so much for your time. May the Lord continue to bless you and the labor of your, the work that you're doing for him. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.